Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Ashley Quinlan, Senior Tech Editor for All Things Road and Gravel. Recently, I visited Orbea in its native Basque country and the foothills of the Pyrenees to sample the new Orca road bike for the first time. The bike has just launched and you can read all about it and my first ride impressions over on bikeradar.com right now. While out there though, I took the opportunity to sit down with road product manager Yosiba Arizaga to discuss the new bike, why Orbea has chosen to zig as other brands zag in its relatively classical design, plus uncover the thought process behind the brand's new Okuo road wheelsets. Before we begin, a quick heads up from me that this interview was recorded in an empty hotel room, so apologies if the sound quality isn't quite up to our usual standards. Enjoy the chat. Yothiba, thank you for joining us and thank you for inviting us out to ride the new Orca and Okuo road wheel sets here in um, in the Basque Country. Um, but before we get stuck into about the bike, uh, quickly tell us about um, you know your history in cycling. So I know you've got a, a long career in in, in cycling and uh, a lot of experience. Okay. Yes. Hello, Ashley. Uh, uh, welcome to this uh, Orca presentation. And uh, I also appreciate the opportunity to have this chat with you. And uh, well, I'm uh, 54 years old and I have to say that I have been in the industry for a very, very long time. Uh, since I stopped my career as rider, I have the chance. I, I didn't have the chance to be a, a, a professional rider, but uh, at the end of the story, I had the opportunity to join a professional team at the time, Gatorade and Polti as chef mechanic. Mm-hmm. So this was a good opportunity for me to be in the Tour de France as uh, far as I couldn't be as a rider. And uh, I spent six years uh, in the professional teams. And then I get the opportunity to move to Campagnolo as public relations manager and uh, having that connection with the, with the teams and the press and the media at the time. And uh, after uh, five, almost six years, it happened that my first uh, doctor uh, will be arriving and I had this opportunity to come back home to the Basque Country and uh, join Orbea. So I thought that uh, why not? And since then I am uh, in Orbea. Uh, Today this is 20 years already. Wow. So Mm -hmm. you've been, you're you're now an Orbea family man if you like. Yes, yes, yes. We are, we are, actually we are a family because Orbea is a cooperative. So it's yes. a pretty different business model compared to other brands in the industry. And uh, I can say that, uh, yes, we are almost a, a family where, uh, where uh, we are many people and we are shareholders of the company. And, uh, and at the same time, we are not flexible that we are playing many different roles. And it is supposed that uh, I am I, not going to be only a product manager. I have been at the beginning like... Uh, communication responsible, they're responsible for helmets and apparel clothing. Um, uh, in the last years, I'm responsible for the road, uh, gravel, triathlon products. So you, you mentioned there about Orbea being a cooperative, and I just want to touch upon that a second, because we've, we've viewed the, um, the factories for mm-hmm. both Orbea and the Okoro road wheel sets. Um, and I'm really interested just to understand 
the what that structure is like. I mean, I, the impression I got was that Orbea has a social responsibility in the Basque mm-hmm. Country as well that not many people may be aware of. Could you just tell us about that a little bit? Yes, it's not that easy to short explain it, but no, no. Uh, <laughs> I will try. Let's say that the cooperative movement is a huge movement in the uh, in the Basque Country. Mm-hmm. Many companies in different type of industries, bank, uh, automotion, uh, insurance, uh, bicycles, and so on, uh, medical. Uh, our, our business model, the, the, the company, it's the, the, all of them, they are cooperative, and we are part of a big uh, company that is called Mondragon Corporación Corporativa, mm-hmm. that uh, we are under that, uh, that umbrella. Uh, all the companies, all the cooperatives, they work in the same uh, system. Uh, there is a big part of the employees that we are the shareholders of, of the company. And uh, this movement started with uh, Pride in, uh, many years ago uh, because uh, that decision to go through that model was because we have a social responsibility creating employment in in our areas mm. so that uh, was the goal of that uh, of that system and then for sure there are businesses behind all that uh, cooperatives but uh, our mission is to create employment in our country that's the the main goal and and you, yes you, you could because you were telling me that Orbea recently has seen a lot of growth um mm-hmm. uh, over the last few years um I can't remember exactly how many employees you now you now um, employ, but it's t- certainly grown uh, a lot. And um, you looking around the factories as well, I see you know a very young workforce as well. And it's, it it does appear to me that you know you're not just looking to hire anyone. It's about you know developing the youth and and employment in the area. It does seem that way to me. Yes, uh, let's say that uh, in our history at some point we also decided to plan our growth Mm. because we were probably five or six years ago that a small company and that size was uh, too small to be competitive uh, towards big brands Mm. uh, and uh, and uh, we were not big enough so at certain moment we planned that we should we should grow and uh, we completely dedicate our effort to transform the factory, to increase the capacities. And this means that uh, we need to uh, add more employment. So a lot of people is joining the company. We passed from the 150 people five years ago to almost 1,000 people today employed in, uh, in Orbea. That's big growth. It's big growth, and, uh, but it's, it's, the, it's the growth we need to get this uh, medium-sized company sure. that make us global mm-hmm. and uh, capable to compete with the most reputed uh, brands in the in the industry. Sure. Right. Well, let's let's talk about one of the products that's going to arguably lead the way mm-hmm. in that the, uh, the the new seventh generation Orca. Um, so tell us what's the idea behind this new version of the bike, um, and how how should we see the bike? How should we view we view it? Well, we need to consider that Orca is in its seventh generation, mm-hmm. and that means that uh, it has 
20 years life. I, I remember the, the year I joined Orbea was the first year of the first Orca, the first carbon fiber bicycle of Orbea. Yeah. And at that time, it was like a, a lightweight oriented bicycle with different generations across these years. And uh, recently, we are uh, living a period where uh, we are seeing that, that there are bicycles that they are supposed to do many different jobs. But at the end of the day, uh, we believe that uh, we need to, to work and we need to design uh, specific bicycles for the specific intended use. Uh, if you make a, a tool do different jobs, uh, at the end, uh, it uh, often results that uh, it is not good at anything. So we decided uh, also because two years ago, we launched our Super Aero Orca, very focused on aerodynamics, that the Orca, the Orca OMX, should be a bicycle lightweight oriented uh, and polarize the road racing category in these two uh, performances, mm -hmm. like uh, a full aero or fully lightweight. This was the, the starting point. It's an interesting take as well, because we're seeing more and more brands now moving towards the one bike to rule them all mm -hmm. philosophy of combining lightweight and aero performance. Mm -hmm. And and I would say objectively, probably do it with, with, with a great deal of success. Um, but did you look at other brands and uh, when you were designing the Orca and did you feel that you needed to do something differently or do you do, or, or is it a, a, an assessment of the market that you feel that it's about delivering different things for different people? Uh, absolutely. We, we look to the market and we believe that we need to propose something different. Otherwise, everybody is going to sell the same thing. And uh, we are not just selling performance, but we also are selling um, uh, experiences riding our bikes. And for sure, our goal is to throw our bicycles to inspire people riding and uh, using the, the bicycles. Um, the previous generation, the sixth generation of Orca was a little bit that way. We were coming out from the period where bicycles were light and we were putting in the previous OMX, Orca OMX, some aero features. Mm. But at the end of the day, uh, when you uh, look at all the data in terms of performance, you realize that, uh, well, um, unless, if you are able to develop a super aero bike that performs the best in class in that aerodynamic uh, category, uh, you reach the goal. If you design a lightweight bicycle that is best in class in that category, where climbers are looking for agility, responsiveness, acceleration, uh, we go that way. Having something that uh, makes all this um, is an option. But uh, at the end of the day, all the bicycles are going to feel and look the same. So we don't want to be the system uh, company offering the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we believe that there is a lot of people uh, that they will really appreciate that uh, a bicycle looks different and a bicycle that appeals different. For sure, there is always a risk that when you follow that uh, uh, only the teams that are pushing you in the, in the, through the competition to develop bicycles that make them performing better, the risk is that you listen then, you don't listen the riders that are purchasing the bicycles.
And from the peloton, you get the feedback to perform better. But from the market, a part of that, you also receive the feedback and the message to make my experience cycling better. And we try to target that. It's, it's interesting because we often, sometimes correctly, but we often conflate speed with you know just ultimate speed as being a better bike. But, mm-hmm. but are, you, are you telling us that there are far more considerations there in, as well as instead of just looking for the fastest bike mm-hmm. are there other things that we should be looking for as a, as a consumer and, what, and are you being asked for that by consumers yes and we are also cyclists so we also realize that uh, okay it's clear and it's out of question that if you have to build a bicycle for the pro riders that are moving say watts per kilo mm-hmm. uh, you need to do everything the necessary thing to make them riding faster that's, that's true. But at the end of the day, me or you, we are not a six watts per kilo riders. We, are, uh, we have less power and we are not riding just to compete between us. We are riding for the pleasure of riding because we find that that is healthier, that is uh, better for my, my health. It, I can socialize, whatever thing, or uh, just for the simple pleasure to ride a bicycle. So the needs are completely different. And this is also the reason because this helps us to understand, okay, the two levels of the frame sets. When uh, we think about the uh, performance and the, and, the, and the pro riders, it's like, okay, the OMX frame set, the ultimate in carbon fiber material and processes to build that bicycle is performance oriented. Everything needs to be set up to gain every marginal gain. But if I'm thinking on the, on the social rider uh, that uh, wants to ride for the pleasure of riding or socialize, he doesn't need this super high performance because sometimes they don't switch him. Uh, a, a, a 1OMX in some way needs to, uh, is demanding a kind of expertise on the guy riding that bike. For sure, pros, they know about it, they have the abilities, but we, Sometimes it's like, I'm riding a bicycle and maybe it's too light. It's not like, I need the super light weight. Well, what you, what you are going to do with that lightweight? Maybe you need something that is not that light, but is giving you more compliance. It's going to give you more stability. It's going to give you more comfort. Uh, and it's going to be more friendly with you. Uh, you don't need the abilities of the pro to control that bicycle because that, uh, that bicycle is going to help you having a better experience and a better control. So the OMR level uh, is different compared to the OMX. It's not only uh, a kind of, no, it's a heavier bike or it's a a, a cheaper Campbell fiber. No, it's the right balance between uh, performance and value and the needs of the social riders that they don't want to feel like a pro. I can I can vouch that they, they do feel like slightly different bikes, mm-hmm. um, but in in I I think initially I think in a positive way, uh, and our our, list, our listeners can uh, read that on bikeradar.com with our with our first ride review and um, do check that out because uh, it will have some interesting insights within there before we get them over for full review soon. But tell us so on the when you look at the Orca, it struck me initially that um, it looks very similar to the old. Mm-hmm. Um, Orca, very similar. The, I, I could see that the seat post clamp had moved and had been redesigned and simplified to a degree. 
Um, and I could see that initially. And then after that, it's very it's difficult to see where the improvements might be. Um, so tell us about the main improvements that you've made with this new generation of Orca. Actually, at the, what we did with respect to the sixth generation was to remove uh, the most of the aero features. There you go. As, yeah. as, <laughs> you as go backwards as, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as we have the super aero bicycle, the Orca Aero, we say, okay, now we are lightweight oriented, so we need to remove all these uh, aero features. Second step was like, okay, we are focusing on lightweight, but uh, this bicycle, especially uh, at the OMX level, it needs to perform uh, at the stiffness level super high uh, because the riders uh, putting power on that bicycle, riders output there, is super high. So it is not worth it if we reduce the weight that much, but then the bicycle is not going to be efficient because it's not stiff enough. So... Uh, we fix uh, a rigidity target that uh, should be uh, fulfilled mandatory. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we work on the way. And this means that uh, for the designers, uh, it was a challenging project because we tell them from the technical point of view, which would be the perimeter of the down tube, the zip tube, the chain stays, the seat stays. And at the end, we tell them, guys, you have here the top tube, the seat clamp area, the head tube, the fork. You need to work in the, a minimal design, keeping the weight as low as possible, but we need to differentiate Orbea from any other brand. And uh, we need to have uh, one identification on that frame that everybody will recognize this is one Orbea. So uh, we make that job. This was the beginning. And the result was that uh, uh, lightweight uh, bicycle. Uh, someone will say that hey, it looks traditional because we put the seat states at the top of the of the top tube yep. uh, in the seat clamp area. But uh, what I say is that uh, well, this is a minimal design and uh, timeless lines. And I am sure that uh, some people is going to love that uh, there is a bicycle that looks different to any other and perform because uh, we want that uh, bicycles looks great, but performs better. You were, you were telling me that, um, well, I know that there are two different specs of carbon fiber. There's OMX and OMR. That's right. So OMX is the top, is what we would call the top level um, yes. of, and gives you the, the best power to stiffness ratio. Is that correct? That's or, correct. And then you've got, um, sorry, the um, stiffness to... Yes, power to stiffness ratio, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the OMR, which is a little bit more compliant, a little bit mm-hmm. heavier. So so what sort of frame weights are we talking about here? And, um, and and what should someone expect from those different kinds of frames? So the OMX uh, frame set uh, is using the uh, T1800 uh, carbon fiber types. And that results on... Uh, 70, 40, 50 grams frame set, hard, uh, uh, ready to paint, let's say, without the hardware. It's a, a, a lightweight uh, frame. And uh, for instance, in the OMR, uh, we use a, a lower level um, carbon fiber, a much more uh, elastic carbon fiber that provides more compliance and uh, being the same mold, having the same looking uh, and being also the same stiffness but because one frame is 750 grams and the OMR is one kilo 15 size 53 both 
the ratio stiffness to weight is, is uh, better in the OMX. Mm -hmm. Such a lightweight frame is uh, resists the torsional forces and twisting at uh, at high power of the of the riders. For instance, in the OMR, uh, a heavier uh, frame set with the same stiffness, it results in much more compliant, is much more comfortable and uh, easy to write a frame set. You were telling me that it's a concept we haven't spoke, I don't speak about very much in my reviews, but it's actually something that resonated with me. With having a heavier frame set with more mass beneath you, um, you were telling us that actually that creates a more stable ride. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a, again, it, does that play into making a bike a little bit easier to live with day to day? Yes, as I said before, it's like uh, when you are riding one OMX or some such a light bicycle, uh, you you need to have the expertise of the abilities to be able to uh, ride and react to all the uh, scenarios you could have with that light bike. Go down at 70 or 80 kilometers per hour with a 6.7 kilos bike. Uh, it doesn't result that easy. Uh, crosswind, any any factor, any direction change could affect very quickly. The bicycle is super reactive. Having more weight, the bicycle turns more stable and uh, easier to control. And uh, the rider doesn't need to have that high expertise. It is supposed a bicycle that uh, is going to support the rider in certain uh, situations, uh, not to say that in terms of uh, comfort and compliance, is going to help the rider saving energy and uh, why not riding a little bit longer, saving some energy. Mm. Okay, so moving on slightly, of course, there's also the new Okuro uh, road wheel sets that are coming out yes. as well. Um, so uh, any, anyone who reads the branding and sees the wheel sets, it, will, it appears as Okuo, uh, in, in English tongue, but it is Makuo, mm. I'm, yes. I'm reliably informed. Mm -hmm. um, so we see many, many brands uh, creating wheel sets in-house for, mm -hmm. for, the, for their own bikes, and mm -hmm. there, there are lots there. Well, was it solely a business decision to keep things in-house and to move away from supplying your wheels with you know, mm -hmm. third-party suppliers? Um, or are, are there performance advantages to this as well that, that you see? There are both the, the, the reasons. Let's say on one, uh, from one side, um, we are a company that is based in Europe with a factory in the Basque country and a second factory in Portugal. We are the owners of the, both of the factories. And uh, because we have this social uh, purpose objective and to create yeah. employment. Uh, and in the last year, we are seeing that in terms of business, uh, our business model needs to be uh, very flexible sourcing. So to be on the hands of third parties is less flexible than to be uh, your own uh, sourcing uh, uh, for, the, for the wheels, for example, or other components. Sure. And in the last years, these uh, uh, situations that happened uh, because of the pandemic helped us to understand that uh, we should uh, uh, strengthen our resources and our sourcing capacities and uh, combined with the project that uh, we wanted that Orbea uh, increase its size uh, going for a bigger business project, 
everything together make us to uh, take the decision to uh, to have our own uh, wheels uh, brand. So last year we launched the Okuo mountain bike wheels and uh, now it's turned for the road wheels one year later and uh, and we are launching this uh, Okuo Roto wheels uh, lineup with two families, the road performance family and the road control family. So you can read about those on bikeradar.com as well already. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to see that news story if you scroll down a little bit, I'm sure. But the 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 key thing for me, you did say that the the wheels are designed to maximise the performance of the Orca and also the Orca Aero that already exists mm-hmm. as well. Um, so you you've you've also fitted some fairly high spec um, components within there, specifically the hubs, one of the Zips hubs as well. Is that yeah. you've chosen those specifically? Is there are you going after a super premium side of the of, of the market? Because I understand that you you want to sell these um, wheels aftermarket as well as just supplying them mm-hmm. with all bare wheels as well. We should consider them as uh, viable alternatives for upgrades for people. Mm-hmm. So uh, the priority is that uh, to have the best bicycles with the best wheels. Sure. So as we are working hard on our bicycles, we think that working hard on uh, uh, developing our own uh, wheels are going to make the system more efficient than to have uh, any other wheel. That it doesn't mind that other wheels are not good wheels. They are. But uh, we work in a perfect uh, synergy in a, for the perfect balance of, of the bicycle. Uh, and of course, also, we are aiming to uh, see uh, Okuo wheels in any bicycle brands. Why not? Uh, this is what uh, we are looking for. And for that, we are designing the rims uh, in our R&D department. Uh, and previously, we made that decision about uh, how the wheel system is going to be according to the performance we are looking for. So uh, once uh, we, we decide how our wheels will perform, we select the ingredients. Rims are designed by our engineers in, in Malavia. Uh, the same guys that are designing bicycles are designing also the rims and the handlebars or uh, other parts of the bicycle. And uh, we make that selection. And for Okuo, we are using the sapping spokes. And uh, for the hubs, we are uh, uh, in a partnership with Zip using the Cognition uh, hub and the ZR1 uh, hub. Mm-hmm. And the I, I noticed as well that when we look at the specifications, mm. ju- just at the numbers, the wheel sets seem to be uh, very on trend. And one could argue maybe not as progressive as some other wheels. So they have, for example, a 21 millimeter internal rim width. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that, that decision, you, that decision you were telling me was driven by understand taking a balance and an understanding of the market mm-hmm. rather than trying to be forward thinking too early just tell us a, a little bit about the logic behind that yes probably at the at the behind that uh, decision is our uh, our values and we want to be inclusive and uh, not exclude anyone mm-hmm. so the decision behind to be thus uh, 21 millimeters and in crochet uh, uh, rim system uh, is like uh, first we want to be able to satisfy internal performance everybody and to 
not limited the choice of the system at all. Mm. Being uh, 21 millimeters width, we allow people to write uh, many type sections. Uh, and for instance, being 23 or 25, uh, you are more limited. You could install a 25C tire or 26 for super lightweight uh, decisions, and you can install a 32, what is compliant in, a, in our uh, road frame sets to get more comfort or to perform better in a very rougher surfaces. So this is the, the idea, not to limit the choice of tires to anyone. And on, and on that theme, you, you mentioned the word crotcheted there, but, mm. but um, for most of our readers, we, we mean hooked rims. Yes. Um, so you chose a mini hook design, yes. uh, which is a slightly modified design, I understand, of a traditional hook design. Um, so again, you're uh, enabling people who prefer to use clincher setups with mm -hmm. tubes to use the design um, because you described it to me as hookless still being feeling quite limiting to some riders. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say that uh, uh, is uh, hooked versus hookless. Both systems, they have uh, great advantages, but they have also their limitations. And uh, using hookless systems, you have a limited or minimal width of the tire. You have also a maximum tire pressure. And uh, as roadies, we are not uh, um, famous because our uh, trendy decisions. We are pretty conservative. Yeah, we're, we are very takes, traditional. It's like watching a glacier, a glacier melt. Although that happens quite fast these days in, yeah. in the world, you know, it's it's like watching it move. It, it takes a while, you know, for yeah, us to it, change it, our habits, doesn't it? You know, it takes a while. And even if we are a very uh, innovative, technological, and we have uh, the resources and the ideas to do uh, disruptive uh, uh, things, uh, in that takes that Okuo uh, being that John, we don't. We don't want to exclude anyone. We prefer to stay uh, in a, a level of solutions and proposal that can satisfy anyone that could join and write our wills, prove them and decide if we are capable or not capable. So uh, we don't want to limit it. And in that sense, what you were saying, we reduce the uh, dimension of the hook at the smallest possible to take some of the advantages of the hook-leg systems, uh, especially the interfacing between the tire and the rim wall. It's uh, reducing the drag on the hook-leg system, but uh, going that small with our mini-hook system, we are taking or getting close to that advantage of the hook-leg system. Instead of making just a simple hook, that uh, is not uh, giving to you the best uh, interface in between the tire and the and the ring wall. And you also talked about that beveled edge at the top of the hooks of, of the hook, so it's make it easier for people to uninstall and reinstall tires, for example. Yes, so one making, of, making it easy for people. Yes, one of the, the best experiences is when you get a flat tire and you are there on the road and uh, it you are unable to put a tire inside after yeah. you replace the, the inner tube. So second, the, second only to not getting a flat tire at all. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we will say, yeah, but go yeah. on. And, and what happens with the, with the hookless is if you, uh, so because there is not a hook there, uh, the tolerances uh, in between the, the, the tire bit and the rim are really narrow, really narrow. Typically the bit of a hookless tire is uh, larger 
and the rim uh, tolerances are larger, so that makes difficult to put uh, a tire inside. And this is the reason because mainly all the hook systems are going that large in the inner width. It's like 23 or 25 or even larger, because the larger is more space you get. Mm. But uh, then you are reducing the choice of the tires. So um, we work also to, to have uh, a small mini hook uh, to good design of the uh, trot of the, of the yes. rim to make possible that the tire goes inside that uh, channel in the middle of the rim and uh, makes easier uh, rounding the ruddy of the external part of the wall of the rim uh, to overtake the, the, uh, the tire uh, on, the, on the rim and make things much more simple. Being 25 or 26, because if we go large tire, things are much more easier. But we want that people have the option to ride lower weight tires because between tires, uh, there are big differences on weight. It's pretty hard to save 20, 30 grams in a bicycle wheel or in a frame set. And then we make decisions that uh, are uh, uh, increasing the weight in uh, maybe 80 or uh, more grams uh, if you select uh, the wrong tire. Mm. And, and just to finish on, on, on that point around selecting tires, uh, the Orbea Mayo uh, customization program does allow some flexibility in choosing certain components, I'm correct in saying. Yes, our uh, Mayo program always has been a very distinctive and powerful tool uh, to make Orbea competitive. And uh, we intend to keep on doing that. So uh, we have the base models. We make a specification what we consider is the best specification for that uh, uh, performance value ratio. But of course, uh, Mayo allows you not only to modify the colors of the bicycle, you can modify the ergonomics, choosing different length of stems, width of handlebars, uh, seat posts with seat back, without seat back, saddles, and of course, wheels and tires, because uh, as I said, we make that selection, but uh, I don't know who's going to ride on that bicycle. So maybe he's a guy living in somewhere that uh, uh, the, the roads are not that uh, uh, clean, yeah, or maybe yeah. they are rough <laughs> surfaces, they prefer to go to 30 or 32 seat tires, they are in option, or uh, saddles or handlebars, whatever thing. So we are that, uh, that flexible, because at the end, uh, if you customize the bicycle and this is going to suit your needs, you are going to have a better experience. And this is the, the final goal. Yothiba, thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, just to our listeners now, um, if you want to hear about, read about the um, Okoro wheel set or, you know, wheel sets, I should say, or the um, new Orbea Orca, then uh, go ahead over to bikeradar.com right now because all those stories are now live, as well as my first ride review of the OMX and OMR Orca variants. But uh, Yothiba, thank you very much for your time and uh, I hope to see you again in the future. Uh, for sure, thank you. To you also to have this good conversation and share our uh, ideas with all of you thanks for listening to the bike radar podcast if you've not done so already please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode 